you very much, Mitch Foreman on piano playing the theme song to It's New Orleans Happy Hour. It's Happy Hour again on itsneworleans.com. We're down here at the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue, right in the heart of Uptown New Orleans. Now, today, our special guests today are three very interesting people. Sort of the whole vibe of It's New Orleans Happy Hour is not really to present anybody to you who's particularly famous or fabulous in any particular way, but more of the idea is to introduce you to people who are interesting. Today, today we have people who are interesting and celebrities and fabulous. And it's even a show that was never supposed to happen. This was supposed to be our day that we had off, but I was walking down Magazine Street and I ran into Rich Collins, who I hadn't seen for so many years. I didn't know you had five kids. That's what happens when you don't see someone for 17 years. Well, it's been 17 years since we've seen each other, and you managed so, to have a child every three years. Yeah, on average, right. That's pretty good going. Yeah, actually, I did it all in two years. You had five kids in two years? Yeah, with the help of three different women. Was, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty impressive. That's and, not true, of course. And Rich Carl, <laughs> Rich? Over 10 years with my lovely wife, Becky. So you've had, ten, you've had five kids over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So the first seven years that we didn't see each other, you weren't doing anything, no sex. Just, it was all preparation. Yeah. <laughs> I thought foreplay. <laughs> and Rich, of course, talking of kids, Rich is probably one of the most famous people ever to come out of New Orleans. And, well, certainly one of the most watched, I would say. Uh, what do you think? You're, you're on 21 I channels of television around the world. those are highly debatable unless you're talking about uh, three-year-olds. Yes, well, all the audience is preschool. Yes. But I think probably more people, if you include preschool children as people. I'm one of the four most recognizable New Orleans musicians among preschoolers around the world today. And the other three are also in the Imagination movie. That's right. With you. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a fantastic <laughs> ride, and we'll, we'll get into more of it later. But um, then what happened after that? After we ran into each other, we said, let's tr- get together and maybe, you know, come and on the show. somehow Jim is here, and I, I can't wait to figure out how that happened. Well... Jim McCormick, I was talking about to someone else because a friend of mine wanted to get into writing songs and he had written some lyrics. And I said, tell you who you need to talk to, the super successful guy I know in Nashville, Jim McCormick. So I dropped Jim a line and Jim sent me a reply back, which was unbelievable in itself. I sent you, I sent your friend a reply, said, let's have coffee. And I said, hey, Grant, holler sometime. I get a reply back, says, the friend's in, in Missouri. And, somewhere. and Grant wants me to be on a radio show yeah. or something. I was like, that's not the response I wanted. And I right, thought, let's, and I, let's go. <laughs> and I thought you were in Nashville. I, well, I am, I am. But you're just here for a few days. For the holidays with family. Yeah. So that worked out really well. That was another coincidental meeting. And then I thought, well, who the heck could be the third person that could come and join us here on It's New Orleans Happy Hour? Who would go with these two guys, with Rich and Jim? And then I'm walking down the street, and who should get out of her car right in front of me but Elizabeth Heron, who's here from Brooklyn, New York. That's right. So now I know how you book your show. So, well, you see, the funny People thing you is... People meet on the streets. It's all happenstance. Yeah, I don't book the show, is the funny part about it, <laughs> is that Tanya Castellanos books our show for us, but she's decided that she's on vacation. So I did it myself. I've done a pretty good job, don't you think? Absolutely. I think you let it happen. Yeah. Well-rounded. So, so, so Jim is, as I mentioned, a successful songwriter who now lives in Nashville full-time and just comes back for the holidays. So where is your family? Still in Algiers? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mom's over in Algiers. My sister's in Metairie. Old Metairie, I guess. Dad's in Houston, you know. We're still the the I-10 axis of evil, you know. Still, <laughs> still down here, you know. And what do you do over the holidays here? There, play golf. Can... You play golf now. Have a drink. Yeah. Well, you got to find something to do, you know. If you're going to write songs for two hours a day, you so got to figure what, out what to do with the other. That's thing. what you're working <laughs> is two hours a day, basically. That's about how how hot. You know how long you can burn hot. I'd say you know you can sit in the room for another six hours, but yeah, you know there's not much happening. Mitch Foreman, you you write songs all day. You're a jazz writer, right? 
Where did he go? That's has, it. Has Mitch gone? He too has taken a day off. That's. Yeah, I guess he did his two hours. Well, Rich Collins. Yes, sir. What about you? How many how many hours a day do you write? Before I answer that question, I would like to say something. Yes. Jim, I never noticed you, you have a great sounding voice. Like it's so deep and more, I, I, could hear, I could hear you talk all day, man. Baby, we're not going out tonight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll be home late. All right. It's so like, in have my you, headphones right now, your voice is like the voice of God. Have you, have you ever listened to any of Jim's songs? Well, his singing voice. I never heard him talk in my headphones like this. It sounds no, like this, wow. this unnoticed is an old battle between Rich and I for the same guitar player. And this is why he doesn't know the sound of my voice. He probably never listened to any of the records we made because Ed Conway came with Benjamin. It was a big falling oh, out. We is that right? You were looking for the, you had fought over a guitar player. No, I borrowed I borrowed Jim's band. You went you went away for a summer or something, and I and I borrowed your band. I went to Brooklyn, in fact. And then and then when you came back, your band loyally went back and worked with you more. But yeah, it was it was it was a weird it summer. It was wonderful. Because I knew the whole time I was borrowing your band, and that and those guys they let me know every day too. It was like you know where, we're, where we're did really, you well, leave where, it did, you, where did you go for the summer? I think Jim. I went to New York. I went to New you York. went to Brooklyn to I hang out with Elizabeth. Well, not yeah, you no. had a girlfriend that wasn't Elizabeth. <laughs> And, and, Rich, I thought you were like a journalist back then. Right. What happened in 1991, I moved to New Orleans when I graduated college. Uh, my now wife, Becky, was a New Orleans girl. She brought me here. And uh, I wanted to play music. I met uh, Jim's good friend and musical collaborator forever, uh, this guy, Ed Conway. He was an incredible guitar player. Uh, that first, the, My first day in New Orleans, uh, Ed and I uh, had a few beers and learned a few songs and played at the old Howlin' Wolf in Metairie. The first day you came to town? First, like... 36 hours I was here, I was on the open mic night at the old Hollywood Inventory with Jim, and that's where I first saw, remember Caleb, Caleb, Caleb I was like, man, that guy can sing real good, you know, that whole, that, that whole scene, you know, anyway, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I came to New Orleans and started what did you come? Music. What did you come here for? To, to rock and roll, man, I was going to be a rock star. Oh, really? You, you didn't come here as a journalist? No, that's what I, I did that when I, it was time to, you know, get a job job. So I spent like a year and a half just trying to play music, and I worked at the Sam's Freezer Cooler in New Orleans East. The Sam's what? The Freezer Cooler. At in the Sam's, at the Sam's Club? Mm-hmm. You worked in the freezer? I did. At Sam's? <laughs> yes. Lugging around those giant bags of like frozen yeah. fruit salad and so on. Three of the four Imagination Movers all served time at Sam's in New Orleans East. And the other one's a firefighter. Well, Smitty, who was, who was also a firefighter, he, he worked the um, forklift at Sam's. I was in the freezer, and Scott collected uh, carts in the parking lot. <laughs> and that wasn't when you met each other, though, was no. it? Well, no, we knew each other, yeah. You already knew each other working at Sam's. Yeah, way back. So how did you get to be a journalist? Oh, that was that just that was an English major, I think, like Jim. No, this is a great story, because this brings back all these memories. <laughs> I had interned at Gambit. Do you remember this? Did you help me with my gambit? And, and you you called and you said, who do we know over there? You know, I think I want to go work over at Gambit. You hooked me up with that. And I hooked you up. Oh, now, wait, man. this goes, this okay, goes this full is circle. Good now. This goes, <laughs> so, so I had done my internship there. I wasn't there anymore. You you wind up being the entertainment editor, am I right? Yeah. Gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years later, after the band splits up, yeah. Ed Conway and me and the whole band, I'm looking for a job. Yeah. And Rich finds an opening for an associate editor at a local trade magazine for coin-op amusements. That's what you're oh doing. And I land a job for three years on your recommendation. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Oh, I like that's that, pretty huh? bizarre. That's so, so you were working for the mall, basically. I, I, had, had, rep- I had repressed all that. Yes. Wow. yes Boy, coin-op. That, that talk about something. <laughs> Was that a mafia-type operation? I, I went from the music business to the bubblegum business, yeah. Wow, Dude. wait. What? It was fun. That's a funny little detail. Yeah. I forgot about that detail. Yeah. 
So and that whole three years, did you still have the Benjamin, the band that you're no, in? No, no, I tried to do a solo thing with John Groh and Lou Rojas and Tom Marin. And that's when you put out that first album? Yep. That's just yep. called Jim McCormick. Mm -hmm. And it was in that time that I realized I liked writing songs more than I liked going in a van to yeah. small <laughs> Alabama <laughs> towns, you know. Well, you freaked me out with that memory. I forgot about that little detail. I forgot all how long, so, how, so you worked at Gambit. You were the associate. Yeah, I gave up. I was, uh, my, my musical exploits, the best part about them was Ed Conway. Uh, and then, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I just. So you decided while you were a journalist and you'd hooked up Jim, well, you'd hooked up Jim with the job already. And then he left town and you decided you could get out of journalism by stealing Jim's band while. <laughs> no, you're, you're twisting it all around, Grant. You're making yourself bad. Well, that's <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting it all backwards. No, I, I spent like all the 90s doing newspaper stuff. And then, and then, uh, then I had that. It was 03 uh, issues when then I started doing the movie. Like I just had this. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want to do a desk job anymore. I already had two kids and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be tra trapped in a desk for the rest of my life. So I just went crazy and started doing this movers idea. <laughs> So that's, just came up with that. So that's been the 2000s, yeah. Wow, and Elizabeth, what were you doing this yes, whole Elizabeth, time during the 90s? Sakes. Well, during the 90s. Were you here in New Orleans, or had you moved to Brooklyn already by the 90s, where these boys were? In 91, I moved back to New Orleans from New York. You did? Got married, moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Moved to Portland, Oregon. Nice. Got separated, moved to L.A., wow. and then I lived in L.A. for 12 years. So how long were you married for? And what happened? That. What's funny about that question exactly? <laughs> Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Well, let's I move guess. on from that. So okay. you went Asheville to Portland to LA uh -huh. and New York? Uh -huh. So you're yeah. like in five awesome cities in, yeah. in this North America. Asheville's pretty cool. There's a bookstore awesome. there. Is it Malaprops? I, I don't know. It's I was really there for about a year. I don't remember. You didn't go to a bookstore? I did, but I don't remember. What, I'm what? jealous of your cities. <laughs> Which way, where, where would you live if you had a choice? So you travel uh, well, I live in New Orleans. I love it. But I like seeing uh, that my was favorite. so smooth, man. Oh. That was Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> well, you do live in New Orleans. If Becky ever heard this, I would get hit in the head if I said anything else. Uh, I, I love New Orleans. I love living here. I just live a few blocks from the Collins Hotel, as a matter of fact. But um, my favorite part about my job now is going to see other cities. I love it. That's the best part about being a superstar to preschool kids is getting out of New Orleans. No, one of the great parts of my job is the adventure of seeing the world. Okay. Well, Grant. Are you going all over the world with this gig? Uh, I'm in uh, in three weeks. I go on a four-month, 108-city tour of North America. Wow! 108 shows, 50, 60 cities. Sorry. And what do you open the show with? Um, everybody shouts. <laughs> you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. Okay. Great. Great. Um, Hang on. I just have to move a mic around. I think before they shout. At me. Everybody shout, it's a big idea I said imagination movers are music to your ears yeah. We're the guys who love to figure things out You need some help, you just give us a shout, yeah Imagination movers Imagination movers I think what the situation needs is some imagination. Yeah! And then the crowd cheers. They run around the spotlight finds me. Smitty's my friend, he's playing his guitar. Scott's got his goggles that help him see far. 
Nazis over there underneath the red hats. They're all taking their bows. My name is Rich, I go rat-a-tat-tat. -tat. I normally play the drum, Imagination movers. Imagination movers. Imagination movers. Having with the situation needs some imagination. Yeah! yeah. Woo! And hang on a second, are we are we hearing me again? And uh, are there people like are the kids screaming at this point already? Um, on the good nights, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, we do. Uh, the, the, um, what we try and do is the Van Halen 1979 World Tour for kids. Right. So it's that's the concept. It's a, it's a very rock. It's a, a lot of white tights. Spandex, pyrotechnics, except none of that. Kids got the cigarette lighters, or they use the iPhones. They have their no. There's uh, parents have the phones. Kids have the little blinky lights. So the parents come with the kids, obviously, because yeah. the, you can't send a two-year-old right. by himself or herself to the show. We consider it. it I would think it's like we're like the coolest kids event that any dad has ever seen or ever will see. Right. So dads are always like, oh my gosh, thanks, man. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I was getting ready to take a nap, and you know, so it's a very just a big rock show. Yeah, it's good. So do you feel that you're... Are you playing kids' music or are you just playing music? We just played our songs. Right. And I happen to be a, a, a immature and be surrounded by kids, so they all are, you know... Are you the main writer? You you write most of the songs for it? We, are, we collaborate. Um, I To get this whole thing off the ground, I forced myself to learn how to use Pro Tools and all that stuff. That, that, what, that's, what, that's how it got going was we had this idea, and then I went like mad scientist in the back of my house with a with a Mac computer and, and, and so I so I, you know, I sort of built the songs mm -hmm. now we're very lucky we have a we have a guy we've had for three years uh, he's a band called Rotary Downs which is a popular indie rock band in New Orleans this guy Jason Jason Ryan who's our now producer he does all the hard stuff and we get to you know sing and do you, like, do you like being a star though? love it. I have an awesome job. <laughs> yeah, man. That's great. I mean, I'm, I'm very glad to be employed. You know, it's like the concert industry is is slow right now. Uh, I've got a huge... We've got this giant thing out there hoping that we're going to sell all the tickets and do great. And it seems like we're going to do good, but, you know, it's it's nerve-wracking right now. You're glad that we have a job. Is it stressful in any sense, or is it just a whole lot of fun and Disney takes care of all the problems for you? Uh, it's... It's on two levels. One is I get to play for a living. I get to go to camp. When we're, when we're shooting the show, it's like we're getting to act and do scenes and learn how to dance and all this stuff. And then there's also, there's like the real grown-up stuff, like business stuff and like contracts and fighting and, and anything else that involves like being a grown-up. So how it's do you, both. How do you guys all get along in the band? Is it like a real band where people are pissed off at each other and you have to solve problems or... We have, we are, like happy. like any group of people, you know, like any family, you can imagine there's going to be like stuff, but we, we uh, love and respect each other and have been through a lot together and uh, you know really appreciate I mean everybody appreciates what everyone else has done I mean because it took a it took a group dive to dive into this thing and yeah so see yeah, what I'll, we I'll see from the outside grateful. what we see from the outside is you go to Jazz Fest and there's these four guys in blue blue overalls and, right. and they're all jumping around having fun and the kids are all going crazy and loving it and suddenly they've got the TV series and they're superstars mm -hmm. but there must have been a huge amount of work that went into that before that which during that? It was just fun. I mean, it was it, it's work, but it's fun work, right? I mean, it's like um, it's just like. I mean, were you starving to death at some point doing this, hoping that it was going to work out? Never starving to death. But I just I, I just want to get embarrassed, you know, like to be like 
it, it was kind of a leap of faith of like if it didn't work out then I'd have a lot of explaining to do for the last decade right yeah so no I'm very pleased but there's a lot of people for <laughs> whom it doesn't work out I mean there's a lot of people for who, who start on a musical career I mean you've, well, you I want, first you, tried in York to get well well, that was because you stole Jim's band. That's right. So you had that coming. Lesson learned. Don't try and take yeah. someone else's band. That, that try didn't work for me either. Now, what, what, didn't, what didn't work for you? What, you started off to be a performer. Yeah. And now you yeah. sort of saw well, the light. I think so. I think that's really it. I think, and I think I also saw that I, I like to write more than I like to perform and get out there. So, so you don't enjoy being a... You, wouldn't, you don't like the spotlight so much. I don't think I like the work that it takes to have those few minutes in the yeah. spotlight. I mean, the spotlight's a lot of fun, but, you know... It's a huge amount of work. A lot of waiting, a lot of traveling, a lot of strangers, you know, it's just... And yet you can, you can do the same thing by sitting in your house in Nashville writing a song and, and watch someone else perform it, and you probably make about... Well, it's, it's very satisfying, it really is, you know, I mean, the, the first time I had somebody record a song was Kim Carson. Yeah, and it, it, it felt really great. I knew at that point, like, all right, I like this a lot. I'm gonna do this. Well, know. you have some huge. I mean, to, when Tim McGraw did did your song Louisiana, what what year was that? When was that? That was four four years ago. Four years ago. That was a huge. I mean, that song is really beautiful. Thank you very much. And and he does an amazing job of singing it, and people absolutely love it. And yet, when I listen to him singing it, I can hear your voice singing. For real? Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds Thank like a Jim much. McCormick song. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. I really do. You know, it's like, I think... You have as good a voice as Tim McGraw, don't you think? I mean, I know that he's a huge superstar and... Well, we want Tim to record more songs Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to say no. Yeah. No, okay, but, he's got an amazing voice, but you have a great voice too. So when you do a, when you sell a song to Tim McGraw or to anybody, do they want to hear the finished product? Do they want to hear, they want to hear themselves singing it, right? So you have to make a demo that sounds... Yeah, you're trying to make like, a demo that that, that, that that sounds like something they would do. And basically that makes it, that, that's cool, you know? When they right. listen to the song, when they listen to the demo, they, you want them to feel like, I would be a notch cooler if I recorded this song. Yeah. You know? I'd be a fool not to be I'd that I'd be cool. a fool not to be this cool. Right. Do you, you want to do you want to do that song for us? I would love to. Man. Okay. I'd love to. This is uh, Louisiana by Jim McCormick, who wrote it. Tim, did you write it for Tim McGraw or for yourself? We wrote it for Tim McGraw, and it's a funny story. I got a call. I was teaching a class at Loyola University, part time, because I'd come in and teach the composition class about lyric writing, and the other professor was teaching them composition, film scoring, I think, something like that. And I remember a phone call I got from two of my co-writer friends up there in Nashville, who said, "Come on, we're working on a song for Tim. It's going to be real Louisiana heavy." We want you to jump in on it with us. And I was like, well, okay, I'll be back next week. So it was a, it was a high compliment that they waited for me to get wow. back up there and write it with them. Wow. We, did. we wrote it for them. We couldn't get it cut. Katrina happened, and everybody was writing songs for Tim because they know he's from Louisiana. <laughs> and somehow ours was the one that he picked to record. For here, and so, here it is. And here it is. Maybe it was a dream last night Looking into my daughter's eyes But my heart was sinking Yeah, I mean, it got me thinking About all my yesterdays Every memory, every page of my innocence Wishing I could go back when I was wild and free as the Mississippi Playing in a sugar cane A part of me is gone I don't know 
slipped away I guess I left it in Louisiana Blowing in the wind Hiding in the quarter Gotta get back there again To the sweet sound of the bayou And let it wash right over me And make me whole again Bring back that missing piece I left in Louisiana but I still feel the same But the mirror tells me that I've changed Every morning Like a subtle warning Comes on like a delta rain Soaks through my skin down to my vein Leaves me breathless And a little restless Reminding me of how life is so fragile Like a thin sheet of glass The moment you're living right now Soon becomes your past And I left it in Louisiana Blowing in the wind Hiding in the quarters I gotta get back there again To the sweet sound of the bayou And let it wash right over me And make me whole again Bring back that missing piece I left in Louisiana Jim McCormick, what uh, when you when you wrote that song and you finished it and you listened back to it the first time, did you think, well, it's a great song? I was proud of it. Yeah, I was proud. But you never know. My experience has been that you know the the stuff that I'm most proud of never gets picked up and recorded, <laughs> and and really? not the stuff that I'm least proud of. But the stuff that you think is just kind of run of the mill or your workaday song, somebody really. You know, takes a fancy to for some reason. That that's got everything to do with luck. You know. Is it anything to do with that your taste is all screwed up? Well, I'm old now. You know, it's like <laughs> you have a sort of a, you have an artistic you have an artistic bent, and and Nashville is looking for more commercial work. Is that part of it? Well, I have a commercial bent. I yeah, a, I got a healthy commercial bent, and you, I have, and you do. I, you, you, have, know, you have major hit songs. I, I'm inclined towards hey, it. That's here for pop songs. That's on, right, my man. That's right. <laughs> I'm a commercial you know. too. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're thinking that the songs that you think are great are the ones that don't do anything, well, you you have to do whatever. You have to be yourself, man. As a as a writer, there's no point in me trying to write a song that isn't something that I'm right inclined to write. I can't pretend that I that I'm good at writing the kinds of songs that you know say. Lady Gaga writes, or, or somebody like that. That's not who I have been made to be over the course right. of my life. You know? Hey, so Jim, have you ever heard the phrase on the mic. that co- your um, uh, a chorus is not competitive enough? No, but I like that. Industry? I might steal that because I, uh, I got this, uh, a lady busting my chops about a, about a song last year. She said, "Yeah, it's good, but uh, of course, it's not competitive enough." It's like. Competitive? What does even that? What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm not sure. It sounds like like a comment that came from within the industry. Uh, Definitely, it was a publishing lady. Yes. It's not not competitive. Are you published by Disney? We are. 
good. This is a Disney lady. Yeah, they're strong people. So how does that? How does that? When, so you got you guys are both writing songs. You're writing songs for yourself, though, Rich. I'm writing songs for Elizabeth Perrin exclusively from this point on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I already bowed. I'm not answering yeah. any questions. I'm deflecting all my questions to Elizabeth. Again, okay. again, very smooth, Rich. Very smooth. <laughs> what's, what's happened to the waitress? I see we need a, you need a drink, Jen. Here, I see when we need to would love grab somebody. That song's got me parched. Because this is what happens. It's cool as hell, by the way. It's a beautiful Thank song, you. and it's a huge song for, for for Tim McGraw. It's like a monster. It's song. a huge song for Jim McCormick. You know, I mean, to, be, to be able to say that, to be able to say that Tim McGraw cut a song of yours is a real feather in your cap in Nashville and, and all around the world. It's, it's like yeah, he, he you know he's, so, he's one of the best communicators there that we've got. I think he's a good performer. You know, here's Priscilla. Priscilla, we're we're, we're dying of thirst. <laughs> what can I get for you? Jim, oh, I'd like a please. All right. Elizabeth, another Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc for Elizabeth. I want to get a triple scotch on the rocks, but really just another water. <laughs> I, I think I might be driving five hours when I leave here. That's why I'm. Uh, Where are you going? I think I might be going to the IKEA in Houston. Oh my God! Okay, so just the water a Sauvignon Blanc and a Sazerac. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Are you bringing the kids? Yeah, I think I think I think all seven of us might be driving to IKEA. What do you day. drive? Why? What do I drive? I have we have we have a fleet of Honda Odyssey minivans. And the, and we have the, two. The kids, the kids. Oh, you have one each. You and the wife. Both have a, both have they got five kids. Girl. My cool car <laughs> died died in the flood, so I didn't what? I didn't ah. replace it. So what happens with do I? Can you take two vans to IKEA? One with no, people and one with. This is a half baked plan. I, li I I do all my plans half baked, so I think yeah. I might drive there, try and get a couch, and then I might try and rent a truck, like a, a U-Haul or something, and drive it back. Does that work? Does anyone know? Have you ever done that? Yeah, I've seen people do that. And i got to get back for our New Year's Eve party tomorrow, so we'll see. I think that's going to happen. This must be a highly desired couch. Yeah. That's all I guess. Yeah. It's just... Have it delivered. Yeah. Have it delivered. Don't they oh, ship? Do they do that stuff? Do they do it? Yeah. Oh, well, then I'll do that. Yeah, if they do that, I'll do that. Elizabeth, where have you been? Yeah. I know you can't, like, go online and just do it. <laughs> oh, but anyway. Oh, you can? Hey, let's let's make this a roundtable about IKEA. Now, there actually is a guy in New Orleans called lovemybluebag.com. His name is Mamet. And he drives to Ikea every week now, and we'll bring you stuff back from oh, Houston so to New Orleans. You can have the guy go down for you and Mamet. He, he's David Mamet to the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a wonderful writer right. to the rest of the world. But down here in New Orleans, he right. shows you how like, tough of a business it is. Out, man. He's the guy. Elizabeth, do you own anything from Ikea? Mm, I think so, yeah, like glasses and um, candles. Candles, glasses, and candles. Candles. Mitch Foreman, it's too hard to put it together. All the stuff, I know. Yeah. I, I had to put some uh, bar stools together. I found it challenging. Speaking of putting stuff together. I thought your whole Christmas show, though. I thought the whole, what happened on Christmas Eve? <laughs> oh, toys. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Tell me. Wow. What, what, what? I really can't talk too much, because no. I realize. Right, right, Santa might be listening. But yeah, we just, we just say 3 a.m. We put, put together time. Wow. That isn't your whole tearful. concept. Isn't the whole concept of Imagination Movers problem solving? For the kids at 3 a.m.? Are all, are, no are all five of them? I'm just all right, yes. Elizabeth, can you answer that on behalf of Rich? No, I don't understand why he's playing for the kids at 3 a.m. No, 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 Little no, kids. No, no, no. He's, put, no, no. he's putting, things, stuff together. Um, putting stuff together. Yes, but you're right, granted, his problem solving. Are all five so. believers? <laughs> I love. Hey, Mitch Foreman, are you still with us? I'm still with you. I tell you the truth, the Skype connection is kind of coming in and out. Yeah, we're having a lot of trouble with Mitch. Mitch is in Los Angeles. But what I hear is, I hear, uh, was it Honda Odysseys and Ikea? Yeah. Like my yeah. It's, it's party central. I, I have a Honda Odyssey myself. All right. Now, you've got a, Mitch Foreman has a very interesting Honda it's Odyssey. So roll, because Mitch has been driving to gigs in that Honda Odyssey for how many years? 
I think I've had it that, I, this is my second Honda Odyssey, but this one has 175,000 miles. Hey, that's awesome. I'm hoping to get mine up, up there too, yeah. I'm at 120. I, I, met, I met some guy the other day who had 250 on a Honda oh. Was he also a musician? He was a musician, yeah. Musician, I forget what he was from. Like, it is a good musician car, by the way. It holds a lot of good stuff. It's, I got it's, musician and a, right it's a great musician and a great kid car. It's, there you go. Thank you very much. Rich happens to fall into the boat. Right. Okay. So, right, so does go. Mitch. Mitch, talking of music and kids, I think it's about time you played something. We have we lost you for a while there on Skype, but now we're well, back. Now, now I'm back. I think I'm. What are you thinking of playing for us today? Well, boy, I've heard that was a great song, by the way, that I heard before. The New Orleans. Thank you, Mitch. The Louisiana, I enjoyed that. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm going to play a song of mine. It's called Nimbus. Okay. And it goes uh, like this. Something like this. Something like this. It's an old song, song of mine. From? It's old song of mine. It's been recorded on a, a few records of my own, a few, and one with that band Metro that I have. Uh huh. Do you think of a title before you write a song and then write a song around it as a jazz piece, or do you come up with a, no, a piece? Usually, it usually the name comes later. Is that the last thing? Yeah. What's first? First is just a little idea, a germ, and then sometimes it uh, you know has to 
get a life of its own over a couple of days and other parts come. I think it's changed it's changed over the years because now with the advent of computers you sort of put everything into computers whereas before I used to write little ideas on actual you actually wrote music yeah right you well, Elizabeth your kind of gig has changed too as a as a fashion photographer totally because I mean they used to take photos with film and now I guess they, do you use film at all I did I, I started shooting with film that's how I, I started, and then you can't afford to do that anymore because it's so expensive. So I'm shooting with digital, and now the cameras are, are shooting video. So now I'm actually going back to my roots, which is filmmaking, and um, shooting fashion films. So along with the um, fashion shoot, I do a, a fashion film. So what happens to those little films? I saw the films on your website. Which is ElizabethParentPhotography.com. ElizabethParent.com. ElizabethParent.com, sorry. It's, there's a link to it on our site anyway. Yes, but, go um, to it. But when you, um, you shoot those little fashion films, they're yes. sort of like, they're like little movies. Well, what? they're like little, little poems or little movies. I'm trying to build up a portfolio of um, films to either, you know, to show an example of my work and um, to get hired by magazines. Maybe Condé Nast would like to give me a contract or something like they, that. They would awesome. like to, I think. Say, for instance. <laughs> Say, for example. Uh, don't you shoot for Vogue already? Didn't you shoot stuff for Vogue in Australia and I all did. sorts of other I did. I was shooting for, for Style.com, a concert um, in, Los I mean in New York. And then I actually shot um, a famous Australian model and it got picked up by uh, Vogue Australia. Elle McPherson or something? No, I can't remember her name. She was a little blonde model with her boyfriend at All Points West in, in uh, Staten Island. Do you get to hang out with these models much? During the shoot. Right. You know, and then every I now and imagine. then you make, you make some friends or people that you like, you know, that you end up being friends with. Do you have to, is there like a whole social scene with models that you have to hang out with all these incredibly beautiful people and do cocaine? <laughs> I kind of miss that boat. Um, um, it's moved over to Rich's children's yeah. music <laughs> world. It's now over there. The preschool drug world. No, they, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. I just work really hard, basically. I work really hard. Maybe I should be hanging out with the models and doing cocaine. Maybe I'd well, be doing that better. Hap but but does that happen? Is that, that's what you think from watching, you know, America's Next Supermodel or whatever Most that's called. Most of the people that I'm probably competing with are boys that are in their 20s that are probably doing that. Okay. So I'm not that. You're not that. You're not. But there is a, there is still that scene of this really wild model lifestyle that you. I think there is, but, about, but never lived maybe it. not as much as, as as like in the '80s, you know, because it's such a big business now that people yeah. take a lot of care to actually like if they have a gig the next day to look decent, you know, they're getting paid well and it's a huge business. How do you get into that? I mean, you you were in the movie business. You were in the movie business here in New Orleans. Yep. Actually, you were like a what a script supervisor, and you were a production manager. I remember. That was brief. Some, that was brief. Yeah, the thing that I've done the most is script supervise. Which is exactly what is that? It's continuity. It's um, make it's 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 making sure that the craft of filmmaking happens, so that when did you, you look craft? at a film, did you say craft? I did. Not crap. Well, okay. I thought you said craft. I said craft. craft. Okay. So that when you look at a movie, everything looks as though it's happening in real time, or it's seamless. You know okay. what I mean? So that the people are looking at one another, that when you're holding a glass, the same amount of 
liquid is in the glass from one shot to the next so that you're not taken out of the movie. So you're responsible you know I mean? for that when you're a script supervisor? You are responsible. It's a, it's a thankless job with tons of responsibility. Right. Yeah. It's and huge. then you do notes for the editor. And so you record everything that the camera's doing, the sound's doing, any changes in the script, um, everything, you know, wow. what hand, you know, somebody's holding a cigarette with, all of these details. So if you screw that up, you're responsible for those gaffes that everybody loves to, to find in movies. Exactly. It's, you it's, wouldn't want to be responsible. It's not the kind of notoriety you, you, you now choose. That, that would be a pretty uh, stressful kind of a gig. Why did you choose to do that? I didn't. I didn't choose it. God chose it, it for it, you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I have a family that's in the film business, and somebody at one point was like, you know what, we need a script supervisor. And I'm standing there like a chump, <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, and they're like, you be the script supervisor. And I said, what do you have to do? And they're like, just write everything down. So and that was my... Write. And I could write. Okay. So, and I had a pen and paper. What school did you go to here in New Orleans? Uh, Trinity and Sacred Heart. So that's good. You did learn to write they, in those days they at Trinity and Sacred Heart. Us, yes. And so that's how you started script supervising. Did you love it immediately? No. Oh, this is the best job no, I've I never, ever had. I never wanted to be a script, script supervisor. It, I did want to direct. And so it was kind of a way, a, a good way actually, to learn, as I said, the craft of filmmaking. To be right by the director, by the cinematographer. When the director speaks to the talent, you're there. So you're, you're very privy. You're privy to a lot. But then it's sort of a, a dead end. You know, you can't. There's no way to go. You it's hard to get... You can't once you're a script supervisor, you can, but once you're a script supervisor, you're a script supervisor. Right. You know? Look at these two guys here. They're on their iPhones. They're both, what, what are you looking at? I'm prepping in, this. In my defense. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm getting a photo ready because I want to show you. Uh, okay, this, that's so fair cool. enough. Okay, and I was looking cool. up Elizabeth and Jim on my iPhone. What were you looking up? I was just looking up there, like, I was I'm, Googling I'm, them. I'm, I'm listening to okay. Elizabeth, and I'm loving it, and I'm, and I'm inspired by this moment, photo. and I'm like, I want to remember this. Okay, that's but, fair enough. I thought you were checking feedback. your email. There's no, feedback. I try to take a photo with my iPhone, but it feeds back with the microphones. Give a look mm -hmm. to Mitch there for that's a second. Mitch. Right. Let's let him. Yeah, it mine did. feeds back to the microphones. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Hey, Elizabeth, say hi to Mitch. Hi, and Mitch. Who are you, what were you looking at, Richie? Just Googling yourself? Yes, myself. All right, truth be told. That's a disadvantage, because it's much harder to be on a radio show when you're a photographer. <laughs> yeah, it is. Here, look hey, at my photo. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Well, no, Describe actually, this to everybody. I'll, I'll tell you something what's interesting, though, about this difference between a radio show and what this ends up being, which is on the web, is that anybody who's listening to this right now can click on on a link on our site right where they're listening to it and see photos That's of true, yours. That's true, which I encourage. Well, what do they say hey, about me and Rich when they click They on can that? click on a link. Okay, I'll tell you something what they click on when they go. <laughs> I've Sorry, got, pardon me. <laughs> what's happened here, Mitch? Something's going uh -oh. on. We've got a link uh, on our site to your site, Jim. What is that noise? Can you guys hear That's it? Like Skype. Phone ring? It's Skype. You're Mitch. Right. There was also an Jim, Elizabeth Perrin through it. You all. have the worst website on the whole World Wide Web. I don't have a website. There's what a is that, that thing you've got there? Well, it's a MySpace page. It, no, it's a website. That's not I've got no website. Yes, you do. It's called jimmccormick.com, I think. Oh, this is this needs. I don't know. Have you not seen that thing, honestly? No, this is some rogue fan. Is, it, is that what it is? It must be. It's it got a. I'll show you here. Like I printed off here. What are these two guys talking about on the, on the side here in the oh meantime? Wait, Jim, where is this? That's Elizabeth. Here's your stuff here. Look. I printed this off your website. It's a bio. Oh, this is horrible. Okay. And there's this like a track listing from your first album. Oh, the second album, you can't drown your sorrows. We haven't even got that yet. From CD Baby. Yeah. Have a look. Go check it out. You know, it's the look. There it is. Where did oh. I get this bio from? Yeah, have a look at that. That's wretched. No, I don't want to read this. I probably wrote Where did this. it come from? 
I got it off the web. It's like the world's worst website. It's got a photo of you on stage, and it's and it's all scrunched up on the corner. I'm all about the song. Check it man. out. I'm yeah. all about the song. I can man. see yeah. why. So do you, you don't get any work on a website. How do you get I, work? I don't even get work. I don't even know how I get work, honestly. Do you have an agent or anything? Elizabeth, I'm, I'm glad I did all my hustling. Really? You know, yeah. When you were young and pretty? <laughs> I really did. Yeah. That's a young man's game. Yeah, so, somehow I, you know, I did enough of it that my phone rings. So, Still, people, you know. so people are calling you. You're not calling people. No, that's not the case. I mean, it's 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 very competitive world, no right. matter what it is. And uh, so, you know, I don't stay out till 3 a.m. as often as I used to. But so is there a hang there, in your business that you, like Elizabeth was talking about? Yeah, there's a lot of that. You there's know, a lot of hang especially and if you're a newcomer. I mean, once you once you get established a little bit and you make your associations and your your friendships, um, you can kind of ride the nine to five hours. Right. But, up until then, you you really do need to. It's about relationships. It's all you know. Whether you're in songwriting business or performing business yeah. or whatever. And are you supposed to hang out in a bar with country and western people and any kind wine of wine dance? No, you you probably shouldn't. You shouldn't should. <laughs> um, but you know, God bless them. You well, know, we should, so. let's talk about this for a moment. The two of you, with Elizabeth and you, Jim, because both of you have left New Orleans and and become something you were, weren't here. Elizabeth, you left here as a script supervisor and in the film business and became a fashion photographer. Jim, you left here as a sort of a singer in a rock band, really, and became a country music songwriter. So that's, but they're both sort of evolutions that are quite, di- that are quite different from where you came from. The, the places you live are quite different from where you come from, and the lives you're living are quite different from the lives you lived down here. Who wants to go first on that one? You do. Okay. Um... Well, there's no there's no songwriting economy in New Orleans. So if I you know I, I knew that I wanted to pursue that, and if if you're going to do it, you've got to go to Nashville or Los Angeles or London. Why is the, that? I don't because it, because the record companies are there, because the because the best musicians are there, and the artists are there making records, and their managers are looking for songs, their producers are looking for songs in those communities. They're not anywhere else, and they've all but left New York. They're not there anymore either. So. Being a lyricist primarily, coming from a literary background, a literary education, I knew my best play was Nashville because the country song is still lyric-based. Stories. At, at least today. Mm-hmm. At least today. Um, is that changing? It's changing rapidly, yeah. More and more pop influences are seeping into country music. And, and you have, <laughs> well, you know, he's, you know. By any standard, he you know he holds on to a, to a pretty good tradition of, of song, of lyric and melody and all that. But there's a lot of lot, lot more rhythmic music finding its way into country music. Are people lamenting that in Nashville, or don't they? Just care? the people who aren't that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's you know. a quick question. Did Kevin Griffin write that that, that new Sugarland hit? Stuck on, stuck on. He'll years. have to uh, cop to that one. For, he for did. Himself. I think he did write that. Kevin Griffin is the singer-songwriter from Better Than Israel. Yeah, I think he did write that. Didn't he? I believe he did, although I can't say I've ever seen the, the writer credits. Okay. So I don't know, but someone, I have. Someone, I don't know where I heard that the other day. And, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he did write that. It's a great song. So, so, so Jim, do you, feel, do you feel you've left something of yourself behind in New Orleans and you had to become something different? No, not at all. Not you've at all. You've just, just evolved into something different. Well, I think I took what I am and who I am from here and kind of brought the best of it into play in an arena that I had a shot using it. Right. You know, it's like my left hook is having come from this world and having come from a... Is there a cachet in coming from New Orleans in the country music business? 
Yeah, I think there's a, there's, there's an enormous ability to deal with um, people from all different walks of life and to sort of improvise and, and, and go with the flow. I mean, so much of what I do is psychology, sitting in a room with a person for a day or two and, you know, you just got to kind of roll with how the day is shaping up. I mean, if you're... Someone you don't know, you're introduced to... you don't know and you, you really want to write a song with them because they're making the next record for right. RCA and you'd like to get on that record and you want it to be something of a genuine experience, you know, you want it and, and so I think New Orleans has everything to do with the kind of person I am, you know, it's like... You know, not just the parents, but the schooling and the friends that I had and all that. So there's a, there's a tone to this town that I think you know carries over into my yeah. personality there. But the other thing is just coming from a literary background and all that. I think I brought that to bear as much as I could on popular songwriting. You know, it's like that. That's kind of where I live and what I love right. to do. Right? So it's been a natural transition for you. I've tried to keep it one. Yeah. yeah. Elizabeth, what about for you? Well. Um Basically, I came I, I came to fashion photography from the backside, from movie business. Most fashion photographers are going That's into a funny the, sentence, by the way. are going into the movie business or doing fashion films, but because the um, equipment has changed, and now, basically, I was in Los Angeles trying to pursue a directing career, and at a certain point, it's just very expensive to keep producing and directing on your own to show examples of your work. So I decided, and I was a visual director, so I decided to start taking photographs. And I really, really, really liked it. And you turned out to be good at it. And, and I, I do. I think I am fairly good at it. And then I got a dog bite um, at a friend's house in Los Angeles. And You're I pointing got, at your face. And, and you uh, got yeah, bitten on the face on by my a dog. Chin, on my chin by a, a Labrador. What were you doing not, with the dog at the time? I was just trying to give it a hug, and it didn't like that. But I got 50 grand. And fifty thousand dollars. That was a wealthy dog. Fifty, very wealthy. Who from? Um, the insurance company. So. Okay. The, the what, point gentlemen, take a look at Elizabeth's face. Can you see anything? Yes, they Good can dog. see a scar. Can you see? No, I don't see, see a scar, scar at all. <laughs> anyway, I, I got fifty grand for that, and that allowed me to move to New York to what pursue photography. What was the name of the dog? I have no idea. You named your you film company after. I was just going to say the same thing. That went so quickly. The first year I was in New York, that went, but. But your question was, is, is yes. coming from New Orleans and, and how, you know, I've transformed myself and do I, do I take New Orleans with me? Yes, I think it permeates my photographs. I think there's a little bit of a goth element to some of my photographs and a sexiness that's in New Orleans. And I actually want to start doing a series of photographs here, where, whether it's in the swamp, but definitely fashion-oriented, but more New Orleans, more New Orleans mythology. And so that's as, a, as fashion photographer. Yes. Well, we're available, right? Yes. If you're looking for the three or four handsome models. How do you how do you find models? You're you're the behind the scenes guys. How do you? <laughs> hey, I think nice, we just got hit. No, actually, guys, Rich so. Rich is a, is a superstar. Rich Rich, okay, Rich could Rich oh. could be an extra. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, he's even no. leading me out as the fashion model. Uh, you, oh. you and I are just going to have to sit back here and and write. Yeah. Hey, um, Rich, you have to learn to act now for this gig. Mm, uh, I mean, I mean, we, you're a songwriter sort of and a singer and a and a musician, and now you have to act as well. Yeah, we've made 75 episodes over the last three years, and um, uh, yeah, we just 32 page scripts for each one. And are you writing them? We are, we are, there's a bunch of people. We have, we have, a, there's a writer's room in LA, in Burbank, where there's like five people in there going, you know, 
churning it out. And then we note it up, and then uh, at, you know, the, the, my fellow movers are very good at, um, at uh, just punch, uh, adding all the jokes and punching it up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that that's. Uh, that's that's actually not my that's not my strength. Uh, the scripts, like, it's, 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 the scripts seem like it's like um, it's like work, it's like schoolwork, having to like do a term paper or something. And yet you were the journalist. Ironically Strangely enough, strangely, I'm good at the I'm good at the press release stuff, but the scripts, it's really hard to me. But then when we get when it's finished, uh, I'll, uh, the the process of taking the, the, those uh, words, you know, we're telling stories for kids and families, but being able to take those words and turn it into a, 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 something that's that seems real, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, hey, bef- before we oh, run oh, out of, wait, yeah, wanna, going, are, are you writing? Are you writing, or you all are using Disney writers also for the scripts? No, it's it's them for the songs. Songs is all us. Wonderful, hundred percent. You want to hear one? That's where the money is, Jake. I mean, yeah, they're in the publishing. Famous photography. It's in you know, it's in the um, copyright ownership. copyright ownership. Yeah, well, which is actually like really under a lot of stress. I was just going to say the same thing because people aren't buying it's magazines. Nobody's buying magazines, and, and people aren't buying albums the same way they used well, to. Well, they're so not making. Hey, magazines. I bought a record player for my son. I'm sorry, what, you did? Santa Claus bought a record player for my son. Did he an actual record player? LP vinyl, yeah. I've got a record player. Hey, it's like coming back. I'm going to make you play one. We're running out of time rapidly here. But um, do you want to play one more song for us? What what do you think we should listen to? I'll just just show you, like, um, whatever. I'll I'll, I'll play half of the song. This is killer. Uh, This is a, a song called Rolling. And I'm, uh, when I'm doing these, I'm singing everyone else's parts, you realize? Because okay. there's four of us. Rolling, rolling, out of the kitchen, down the hall, take a break out the door. Stepping, stepping, we're sidewalk strolling. Everybody's rolling, don't you wanna roll along? Well, I'm walking down the block with my mom and my pop. My sister in a stroller, but guess what she got? An ice cream cone with the ice cream drop. Uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah, sticky, sticky ice cream sitting on the ground. My mama and dad said we'll turn around. Doggy, come along, it's a lucky day. Pick up a treat and join our parade. Rolling, rolling, left the kitchen. <laughs> out the sidewalk, take a stroll out the door. That's Scott's part. Stepping, stepping, everybody's strolling now. Everybody rolling, don't you wanna roll along with me? <laughs> Sorry, okay. Scott, for forgetting all your words. <laughs> so, you, you have to come up with an idea for the song, like it's a song about the kid who drops an ice cream and how to not that be disappointed. That was a pre-Disney song, like we just that was just one of those sound checky type ones you're just goofing around on. But now there's a lot of them that are. Um, yeah, it's like, hey, uh, you're trying to bring bring back the little aliens to the outer space room, and you need a song about that. Oh, too. you're writing from right. the script? Do you mm-hmm. use the script as your sort of... Yeah, the, the, the script ones are fun, the, yeah. It's oh, the wow. occasion for the song each time? Yeah, and it, uh, so there's that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do one little take. Uh, hey, Grant, you said he just played two. What, what, what do you <laughs> mean? Oh, I, I know. Yeah. There'll, be a, there'll be a dispute about this thing. <laughs> Let me see. So this is a song. This is one that we wrote for the uh, first script about... Uh, See what it's about. Because in the, in the imagination movers world, it's uh, we, we work in a warehouse. It's full of magical rooms. Sam's. Sam's. I work in the freezer cooler. It's got pushing the carts. No, it's it, there's it's like a Wonka factory. Every room's got like this whole world inside of it. So we have one room called the jungle room. 
In the jungle room when you open the door Take a look around now it's time to explore In the jungle room In the jungle room In the jungle room Don't you go at night Too many creatures gonna give you a fright In the jungle room Oh, in the jungle room, yeah We're gonna keep on working Sweat is the wheel Keep on searching, gonna help our friend, we're gonna save the day. I like that one. That's the jungle room song. song. I like to watch Grant trying to do the technology you know of uh, it's just insane that I'm just trying turning to do this buttons. myself. I know, I'm really the wrong person <laughs> to do this at the same time. But I, I wanted to do a song we jammed together. Do you guys want to do a song together? Can you play a little lead over something? I mean, if it's you know, in G, I hope. Oh, of course, I don't. Like, <laughs> I use no other key. I can't. <laughs> Is it in the country key? Of course, you know. Jim, you choose the song. I know three chords, and they're all in the key of G. <laughs> and, and I'm not lying. Hang I on. mean, it's really, it's you know, it it it'd be. Is that true? Everything's in G. Terrible to say this. I hope oh, nobody, yeah. I hope no, no aspiring no, no songwriters listening, listening to this. Because just telling. I mean, you 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 really you you do better almost by being not so good. I think. Okay, now because we're really open to we're really open to bad door here. It's not so you know, good. It's simple, right? You keep it simple. Yeah. It's about the words. It's about the words, and even with that, it's better not to have too large a vocabulary, Sacred Heart. <laughs> <laughs> it is in a way, you okay. know. I mean that for all popular songwriting, you know. You think so? You think it's if you can be Ira, too clever Ira, for your own good? Ira Gershwin, you know, he was kind of the last one who got away with being so clever. This new book by Stephen Sondheim, I don't need to plug it. That, Does it, that curmudgeon's good enough at doing that Okay, so he doesn't need the play. I don't even know there was book. a book. It's a great book, yeah. It's really... About the business, about songwriting? About the craft, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Does yes. it have anything... So your, your advice to anyone who wants to be a songwriter is not to get too clever and not to be... not to be such a great musician or a lyricist. And play in G. And play in G. Yeah, and read a lot. And listen to a lot of music. And finish the song. Just starting it doesn't Finish count. the song. Well put. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. What are, we, what are yeah. we playing? How many unfinished songs do you have? Oh, oh God, we're gonna, it's painful. We're going to do a sad kind of little thing. Okay, what is it? Uh, it's called Will I Want To. It was written with Jay Knowles, a good buddy of mine. His sister lives in New Orleans, so we're kind of... Rich kicks the table when I'm playing. You see that? Mm. Yeah. It's like sabotage. It got hard at first and it got easy. It got hard again, I guess that's how it's gonna be Living without you, tell me, how's it living without me? I go places where and I see faces there with for a moment I think yes, but no Tell me, do you ever turn around and think that you see me? Will I ever be who I used to be around you? Will I ever get where I can forget about you? 
Transitive property of Ed, we'll call the band. Nice. Oh, he sounds like he's underwater. Well, we have to dump Mitch there for a minute. Mitch, are you drunk? What, Mitch? I don't know what's Mitch. I think we can blame Skype for this problem, Mitch. Mitch Cry. We just have to lose Mitch for a minute. You guys, that was a beautiful song. Jim, what's happened to that song? What do you. Nothing yet. That's why we're playing it. We want that one to make it into a movie or even a soundtrack for a, a fashion, fashion film. video. A yes. Nashville <laughs> fashion film. I'm going to send you a reel of songs. Okay. Okay, Elizabeth. Okay. And we will take it from there. I'll come shoot in Nashville. I'd love to. I would love. That's a pretty good fun. idea, actually. That's a great idea. idea. Are you half serious about that, yes. YouTube? I'm yes. Fully serious. A lot of videos being made up there. Wow. Yeah. I'm managing publisher, young artist, and we have a lot of sort of branding that we are doing with awesome. him right now. So it might be opportune time. But I don't think you should just write for uh, McGraw. I think you should no. be doing your own thing. Thank yeah. you. Totally. Isn't, and, I mean, Rich, you're a professional musician, and Elizabeth, you've heard a lot of music. Isn't that, it's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful, what Jim does? Gorgeous. And you have a couple of albums out there that people can, can, yeah, yeah, can click yeah, on and yeah, buy. Yeah, they're on iTunes. You can download them on there. You can, but you can get Jim McCormick, the album called Jim McCormick, and you can also get... Uh, you Can't Drown Your Sorrow. You Can't Drown right Your Sorrow. Another great song, which we don't have time for. Thank that was you, you and Ron Kuchia. Yeah, Ron Kuchia. Excellent song Thanks, as well. Thank you. you guys, we're totally out of time. Is that, is that right? Mitch Foreman. You know, we didn't back. cover it all. Mitch Foreman, are you back with us? The Saints. Who they're we winning. Did. We didn't get to the Saints at all. I mean, this is the longest I've gone without talking about the Saints <laughs> in three years. <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to leave that for the next show. Why don't you guys both come back when we're uh, when you when we're around? You're gonna be on. The, you're out on the road. We'll get Ed to come. Get Ed to come. Ed that would be awesome. We beat up on Ed. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, then we can talk about Sam's. Right. Elizabeth uh, must be here. Right. Elizabeth is back in town. Do you get back very often to New Orleans, Elizabeth? At least once or twice a year. But okay. I'm, I'm trying to winter here now. 
Really? Since there's like a, a you know, snowmageddon. You can't get back to New York City, right? Yeah, snowmageddon, exactly. Well, I wasn't planning on it. I was going to stay through like mid-January, so I'm, I'm happy. All right. Yay. I'm glad you're here. Jim, thank you. Great. Glad that you made it. And thank you so much. And seeing you again when you, you get too. back to New Orleans. Most of the time you're in Nashville though, right? Yes, sir, but it's awesome to see you. Always. It's great. Man. It's great to have you guys back. And Rich, good luck on the tour. You're thank you, sir. How many cities? Seven uh, hundred. eight shows. I don't I think it's 60-something. I don't remember. <laughs> Well, that's going to be a awesome. lot. So you can click on our website right where you're looking right now, and uh, you can click on a link for Elizabeth Perrin for elizabethperrin.com and see her photos. Exactly. Rich's site is imaginationmovers.com, and Jim McCormick has the world's worst website, which I'm not going to send you to at all. You just have to click on go to CD Baby. Go to the MySpace. Or, uh, or MySpace.com. But he also has the world's most mellifluous voice. Beautiful voice. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining us. Thank you, our, Grant. Our show was produced by Tanya Castellanos. Trish Kaufman. Mitch Cry is our technical director. Cliff Brigden is in Los Angeles doing nerd wrangling and web monkeying. And Christian Unruh does all our music. If you want to be on the show, if you're a musician or you have a friend who's a musician or you'd like to be a host or a co-host on It's New Orleans Happy Hour, check us out and write us a note to itsneworleans at gmail.com and check out our other shows as well on our website, specifically at the moment, Psychboard with Ross Shields. That's about it for now. That's it for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. We're coming to you live from the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. Check it out, thecollins.com. It's a great place to come and have a drink if you live in New Orleans and a great place to stay if you're coming to New Orleans. From Mitch Foreman on piano, I'm Grant Morris. Bye.